Welcome to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series. This podcast presents topical global business stories that affect Bermuda. Series host Shivani Seth interviews business leaders and experts in finance, insurance, reinsurance, risk, accounting, and other business services. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the RG Business Navigate podcast series. I am Shivani Sate and I'm your host. I'm delighted today to be joined by Jim Nadler, the president and CEO of KBRA, and Kate Kennedy, the senior managing director and co-head of business development. Welcome. Thank you. We're glad to be here. So I'm actually going to dive straight in and ask you both, as, as one of the hosts of Bermuda's inaugural Climate Summit, how would you describe the outcome of last week's summit that was held here? You know, I think that it was really interesting because I think at the end of the day, the uh, both ABIR and uh, the Bermuda De- Development Authority, as well as KBRA, felt like we had achieved our goals. Uh, it was extremely well attended. And I think the goal was to get people to uh, see how important Bermuda is as a center for addressing the risks that are posed by climate change. And I think the, the summit was unique because it was a blend of people that were in the field with respect to on the front lines of climate change. We had marine biologists, we had people that were dealing with all different aspects of of climate change. And then we also had financial people. We had two CEOs of of, uh, reinsurance companies based in Bermuda. And so we were able to really frame how what the risks are around climate change, how they evolve over time, and how Bermuda, how the reinsurance industry, but specifically Bermuda, is well suited to uh, address those those issues. One last thing I'll point out was it was just a tremendous uh, turnout of uh, regulatory and uh, politicians as well. Um, And I think that's important, too, because they all, you know, often are critical to how we move forward with respect to financial uh, regulation and issues like that. And so if I perhaps work my way backwards now, so tell me about KBRA and please do tell me about your respective roles. I will let Kate tell you about KBRA because <laughs> okay. she is so good at it. Sure. So my role at KBRA is I'm the uh, co-head of our business development group uh, with a focus on investors. And a little bit about KBRA, we were founded in 2010. Uh, we have over 450 employees. Uh, we have over 4,000 ratings on uh, entities uh, worldwide. We're a global organization, and we rate $3 trillion, uh, in debt. Uh, we've grown significantly over the past 10 years, uh, again, with a focus on investors, um, but other market participants as well. We try to provide transparent ratings and thorough analysis through every credit that we provide. Thank you. And in terms of your roles, obviously, I've, I've already introduced you. Um, what would be your what's your what does your day to day look like, Jim, for example? 
You know, it, it, it's, it's changed so dramatically since we started. Um, and today I spend, uh, you know, a lot of my time uh, talking to, uh, as does Kate, talking to regulators and politicians around the world, uh, you know, talking about financial regulation and how we need to make sure that the industry and the politicians and regulators work together to come up with the best solutions around the things that we're working on. One of those issues today is ESG, yes. not just climate change, but also social and governance. And, um, and so it's it's important and, and, and across the globe now, uh, because of the importance of this, uh, of, of ESG, regulators are now beginning to think and ask questions and think about how they should get involved to help regulate some of the aspects of ESG. What's interesting about Bermuda is how well coordinated the regulatory uh, bodies are and how they work together. And it's, it's, it's very seamless when you're uh, in Bermuda, and you're talking about the the inflection point between regulation and uh, things like ESG. Yes, and I had a very fruitful conversation and podcast two months ago with Steve Weinstein just about ESG. So it is indeed. Um, do, does your credit analysis differ in in any way versus other rating agencies? We do. We we have we have some significant differences, and I'll, I'll just give you one really important example that uh, is a little bit more U.S. based, but I think it tells the story of KBRA in a way that is uh, that illustrates what we're all about. Uh, when we started, we uh, we Kate and I both uh, had this notion that we were perplexed by why a big swath of the mid-sized banks in the United States weren't rated. And so we started talking to these banks and they were, you know, they were in the $10 billion in asset range. And, and without fail, they said, look, we can't get a, an investment grade rating from the, the uh, big three rating agencies. And we, you know, we thought, well, maybe that, could be true, but nobody's ever done any research. I mean, we should at least look at the research. And so we looked at how these banks fared during the financial crisis, which was a great set of data to look at. And in fact, what we found was exactly the opposite. It was these mid-sized banks that performed better than the large banks. Right. And with that, we started rating these mid-sized banks, giving them access to uh, fixed income capital, rather than having to always tap the equity markets, which are more expensive, which allowed them to reduce costs to their consumers, and also provided investors with a way to invest in banks that was safer because they could invest in fixed income instruments. So I think that that illustrates how KBR really changed the landscape of rating in the yeah. banking sector in the U.S. And now Moody's, S&P and Fitch have all set up units to rate uh, these uh, mid-sized banks. Um, I, Kate and I both assume that they're using our research because we still haven't seen any <laughs> research from them, but uh, they are outrating the banks. And, and perhaps another question, how do your prospective customers rate you relative to your competition? I know you said they weren't being rated in the first instance, but going perhaps beyond even the mid-sized banks, how do you feel that they they would rate you? 
So I think we've um, made um, great strides over the past 10 years. Um, I think when you look at the a number of transactions or credits that we rate as the sole rating agency, we're upwards of close to 1,000 ratings now where it's just us. And I think that um, shows that investors are, are very confident with our ratings, accept our ratings. And I think that shows that the market is willing to provide uh, or go out with a, just a KDRA rating. So I think if we were... Can, uh, if you were, if you would say that how we are rated, I think uh, investors are very happy with um, everything that we provide to the market. Um, just to add on to Jim's point about how we're a little bit different, I would also say that uh, we're very nimble. Um, and uh, we do probably or provide more due diligence uh, than our competitors in uh, many of the asset classes that we're active in. And talking about those differences, as a rating agency, what ESG factors are considered in your rating analysis? So we take a very different tack from our uh, competitors. They all have these standalone ESG ratings, which are becoming sort of a problem now in the markets. And even regulators are starting to look at them because they're uh, opaque. Um, they, they tend to pull in way too many factors and boil it down to one uh, one number or one rating. And what we've done is we have, we have taken each individual credit that we look at. We assess, are there any ESG factors that affect the credit? If there are, we highlight those and we explain how they affect the actual credit of the bond. But more importantly, there are a number of factors which may impact the bond down the road, but today aren't factors, but they're issues that investors are interested in. We also help uh, companies disclose those factors as well. So in addition to not just talking about the factors that affect the credit, but also looking at disclosure issues that may down the road affect the credit, or maybe just ESG factors that don't directly impact the credit, but that investors are very interested in knowing about. And so we believe that the way to, that what investors are looking for is more transparent and more thorough information. And what they don't like is everything boiled in, down into one set number. And there are example after example where one rating, uh, ESG rating will have a company at the highest ESG level and mm -hmm. one another rating company will have that same uh, company at the lowest ESG. And nobody knows why, because nobody shares their, uh, information. their uh, information. And they all say, well, it's our special sauce. And if we told you, it, it you know, the, <laughs> all the, all the puppies will die. So I think that, that, um, that the market is moving away from these um, I think regulators are nervous about them. I think they're worried that if investors are making decisions based on them, they're opaque and uh, and and investors need to know a lot more. And so I think that over the past year, and I, I'd love to get Kate's view on this, I think investors have really started to embrace our uh, the way that we are looking at ESG. Sure, and I think um, I think we we went out and met with investors to try and get their feedback on what we should look at for ESG, and I think uh, many investors appreciated that. Uh, we have uh, really three core factors um, that we focus on. Uh, the first being climate change, um, with a particular focus on greenhouse uh, gas emissions. The second, the S, is more of the stakeholder and reputational uh, risk, and then third on the G side. Um, that is more where we're looking at cybersecurity. 
So um, I think, you know, getting the investor feedback, as Jim had mentioned, and um, allowing the investors to understand what our thoughts and our process were and incorporating their, their thoughts into our, into our analysis is exactly how um, we plan to, to continue with ESG. You know, some of the problems that we see with ESG scores, um, sometimes, you know, you can see opaque uh, methodologies um, from some of the other rating agencies. Um, and sometimes all of that adds to um, and can, you know, result in, in greenwashing as well. So I think the, the key, as you both mentioned really here, is transparency. So let's hope that there is a far more transparent market in the future to help with all of those ratings. Right. Um, and the one thing I will say, too, is that Bermuda's commitment to transparency um, is really, uh, they're right out front with it. And I think that's important. And I think that's one of the reasons that they uh, will end up being one of the leaders in the way that this risk is financed. Yes. And I, and I also noted, Jim, I was going to ask you about you, your recent comment in an article about greenwashing when it comes to producing ESG scores. And you're talking about the opaque market you know, it, do you feel it's a bit of a lip service um, with the with the discrepancies of one agency to an, or perhaps not even one agency, just one rating in the set for the same company can be so wide apart? Exactly, and and I think that what if when you talk to investors that are really starting to focus on ESG and really want to be part of the solution rather than the problem. Yes. They are starting to talk more about how do we get away from greenwashing? And okay. I think the first step is transparency. I think when something's opaque, you know, and somebody just tells you, oh, it's a green bond, it's got a good ESG score. That's not enough. That is not, you, you can't just rely on that. You need to ask more it. questions, yes. right? Indeed. So Kate, as co-head of business development, how does KBRA differentiate itself from other rating agencies? Sure. Well, I'll continue with the same theme that we've been talking about. I would definitely <laughs> say transparency. Um, and I think, you know, as I mentioned, the transparent ratings, but transparent research on the ESG side, um, as well as uh, the other uh, research that we provide to the market. Um, I think we've been very investor focused, uh, continuing again with the same theme that I mentioned earlier. Um, and I think that investors appreciate a, a new, fresh look um, at uh, certain markets. Um, we were a bit of a challenge challenger brand in the beginning uh, when we first started uh, the company uh, 12 years ago. But again, going back to my comment earlier, we've really broken into, into certain credits and certain sectors and have made a, a name for ourselves. And really, you know, investors and other market participants have uh, come to rely on us. So I think we make a difference by the work that we um, provide to investors and to market participants, great research, great uh, rating reports, and overall really, really experienced analysts um, who, who know their credits and who are able to talk to the market and explain how we've gotten or how we've uh, uh, come to the rating that we've published. Thank you. And, and uh, just on that topic, sorry. I just want to make one other point. And I'll brag about Kate for a minute, because <laughs> I think when you look at the number of investors uh, that we have connected with from January 1st to today, I, I don't know, Kate, would you say conservatively, it's probably four or five times that of our competitors? 
Sure, we just ran the numbers for May and we had 100 meetings, uh, 98 to be exact, uh, for, for the month of May. So I think when you look at 98 meetings in one mm. month um, across- A Pretty phenomenal number. Exactly, yeah. So the outreach is there and, and we're, we're constantly trying to get feedback on how we can you know, provide better information and uh, investor yes. outreach is key to us for sure. So Jim, you talked about at the climate summit, uh, you know, there were CEOs from the insurance industry, there were even politicians. What do you feel was KBRA's main objective at this climate summit? Well, I think we had two objectives. I think, first of all, we want to be a part of, we, we have strong ties to Bermuda. Uh, we rate Butterfield, Butterfield Bank. We rate a number of reinsurers. And so we feel at home in Bermuda. Bermuda has embraced us, and we feel very much a part of the financial landscape of Bermuda. And so we wanted to make sure that we showed our support for uh, this goal that we believe the the BDA and the and ABR have. Um, okay. Secondly, I think that we are more thoughtful around the dicey issues of how to assess risk around climate change, more thoughtful than our competitors. And so I think it's going to be important for us to be part of these conversations because I feel as though we are less rigid, less married to, you know, this is the way we've always done it. And we're going to keep doing it that way. And I think that for this sector to grow and to really become the 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 capital of how risk is uh, ameliorated and then transferred in the financial uh, sector um it we you know we're going to really need to be part of it um I, I often say that rating agencies have two functions first and foremost is to protect investors that is our that is our utmost goal but secondly we have a we have a goal we i mean we have a, a responsibility to facilitate healthy commerce and our competitors you know partly because of the you know the scandals dating back to the enrons the accounting scandals that they missed and then the great financial crisis have lost that that ability to facilitate commerce they're they're you know they're in many cases they're afraid of their own shadow Nice. And so what they've fallen back on is they just come up with these rule-based criteria uh, and methodologies where they say, no, yes, no, yes, we can't do that, we can't do that. And that's not what this industry needs, and that's not going to further the goals of, of um, making sure that we transfer risk effectively in the ESG market through the use of insurance and reinsurance. And so I think that we feel as though that we will be critical to those conversations going forward. Okay, thank you. And, and I read in a recent article that you would be discussing with the Deputy Premier at, um, what a new climate finance economic pillar would look like for Bermuda. And that was a discussion that was due to take place towards the end of the climate summit last week. What was the outcome, if you're able to tell me of that discussion? You know, it's ongoing, but I think that we, uh, the, the deputy premier is um, focused, understands the issues and, and is in touch with the industry in ways that I just find astonishing. They, 
that you know he has a deep understanding of the the risks and the and the and the challenges that the industry has and so while i would say that those conversations are ongoing i believe that we will achieve that goal very soon mm -hmm. and um i i believe we're already talking about the next climate summit yes. uh, uh, and so i think that the goal is to have a better and more effective framework um, mm -hmm. when we, uh, uh, as we think about uh, the the future, and I, I believe in from how the early conversations that I have that we're going to we're going to be able to do that. That's fantastic news. That's yeah. very exciting for the future. It is. It's exciting. And do you feel, uh, or rather, are there any current trends or challenges that KBRA is facing whilst providing credit ratings for the insurance industry in particular? I think, you know, not to get too bogged down with uh, S&P's behavior, but I certainly think that their latest misstep with their methodology that has really just, it was, you know, it was a, it was a, a not a well thought out uh, criteria. It was clearly not vetted by the industry. It was clearly not vetted by investors either because it was roundly uh, 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 condemned by both issuers and investors. And that's hard to do and regulators and, mm -hmm. and the Justice Department. And so, I mean, they managed in one instance to really uh, get the entire landscape uh, upset. And we, you know, we wasted six months of time uh, focused on an issue that was just nonsense. And, um, and so I think that the, all of the challenges we're facing, the rise in inflation globally, the uh, risk that the Ukraine situation is creating in Europe and around the world, the risk of higher oil prices, all of those issues are really heady issues. And we should be spending time focused on those. And instead, the industry spent literally six months uh, dealing with this nonsensical issue that, uh, that, was, that was contrived by, uh, by S&P and, 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 and not well thought out. And so I think that, um, that I'm, 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 venting the frustration of the industry so I, I can i can sense that because very much, though. i i think we wasted a bunch of time and so now you know we finally got that dealt with well the, the justice department dealt with it um and now i think the industry is beginning to you know not that they weren't looking at it before but now we're spending a lot more time talking about what really matters and that is all of the things that we're facing inflation rising oil prices the ukraine situation and finding solutions to that. So I think, you know, I suppose my next question and my final question is very key then. So as we look to the future, um, what would be KBRA's key strategic objectives? You know, there's a lot of time wasting that's gone on. There's transparency that's needed. There is a climate summit, which was clearly very successful last week. We're looking towards another one next year. What would be, the, you know, KBRA's key strategic objectives? I think that what we, you know, our goal is next year to be more embedded in the in the uh, reinsurance market, more embedded in Bermuda, and more embedded globally with respect to ESG and how 
investors and issuers are thinking about ESG and uh, really leading the way to much more disclosure and better disclosure that's going to end up helping both issuers and investors. And that's not just in the insurance sector, that's across the board. Okay. Well, I'd like to thank both my guests today, Kate Kennedy and Jim Nadler, for joining me on the RG's podcast. I am Shivani Sait, and I've been your host. You've been listening to the RG Podcast Network and the RG Business Navigate series with host Shivani Seth. Check the Royal Gazette for the next episode. Thank you for listening.